Well, we have been in a sermon series for a few weeks now. Uh, we have been in the book of Joshua. We have been talking about uh, the conquest of the promised land as the nation of Israel marches into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua, who follows Moses as the leader of the nation of Israel. And today we're going to wrap that up. We're going to be wrapping up this sermon series. We've been in courageous living life with bold conviction, and we're going we're to come to the end of that. And so now we're, the, the nation of Israel, they have pushed their way into the promised land. Uh, they have settled down a little bit. Uh, Joshua is now in, nearing the end of his life, and uh, he gives the nation of Israel some sort of final instructions, if you will. And today we're going to talk about those instructions. Instructions are important, you know, in life. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I like instructions. I'm one of those people that if I buy something, you know, if I order something on Amazon, I like the instructions. I follow the instructions to the T. When, when I'm putting something together, recently I ordered a desk, uh, a little writing desk um, from uh, I don't know, think of Wayfair or somebody like that. I got this little desk and, it, and I couldn't wait for it to get in. I, I needed it and I was looking forward to it. And so I get, the, get it in and it comes in and I'm thinking, okay, it's, it's, you know, it's this long. It's not very big. So it's going to be a box. It's going to have that in it. It's going to have four legs in it. Got about a few screws. We're good to go. This thing comes in the mail. There's not one piece of this thing that's together. There's not one screw in it that, that, that's in it. I mean, it's just everything is completely dissembled. And I, so I, no problem. I'm an instruction follower. So I get out the instructions. Have you guys noticed lately that when you read the instructions, the book's about this thick, but only this much of it pertains to you in English? Have you noticed that? They're in all these other languages. And then they give you like two sentences of instructions and a picture. And the picture, you can't even tell what. They've got arrows drawn over here. It's crazy. And it drives me nuts, but I love instructions. And it drives me nuts when I don't have them. But you know what drives me even crazier than that? Are you people that don't follow instructions? You know, it just drives me nuts. You know, you, you, get, you get that desk in and you just put it together. And there are like a couple screws left over and you're like, no big deal. How do you sleep? That's what I want to know. I mean, how do you sleep? When you do that, and, and I, it just drives me absolutely crazy if I don't have instructions. And instructions are really good because think about it. I mean, if your doctor says, okay, we, we've listened to your heart, you know, you've been, you've been experiencing this or that, and you need to change your diet, you need to get out, you need to walk a little bit, you need to do, that's really important. You need to follow the instructions, right? Well, what about if you, 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 you don't follow the instructions, and so now you're on the table in the doctor's office, and he's read the manual on how to do the procedure, but he just tells the nurse, nah, we'll wing it. <laughs> you don't want that. There's a piece left on the table. Where's that supposed to go? Instructions are really important. And so today we're going to look at these important instructions in life, in different areas of life. It's really important to listen to instructions. And we're talking about our spiritual life. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. You know, you say, well, you know, I'm the, spiritual life's a little different. Well, yeah, it's a little different. Here's what's different about your spiritual life than your physical life. Your eternity hangs in the balance. It's pretty important, isn't it? You know, when you think about it, that, you know, the way you spend your eternity determine, is determined by how you respond to God. And so today we're going to give you some instructions on how to serve 
God. Now, when I say serve today, I want you to understand the context in which I'm using that word because sometimes we say serve and we're talking about, hey, we would love for you. We need some people to serve. We would like you to be a greeter. We, and that's true. We'd like you to be a, out work at the coffee cafe, maybe help out with Awana. And that's one way to serve. But today I'm talking about serving God. So I'm talking about serving in the sense of following, putting your faith and your trust in, pledging your allegiance to, you know, living by a certain truth because you believe it to be true. You're serving God. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And um, we're gonna, so we're going to go to this place in the book of Joshua. And uh, we're actually going to be in Joshua chapter 24, way back here in the back of the book, uh, verses 14 and 15. Joshua's talking to the people, the nation of Israel. Joshua now, they've, they've pushed into the promised land. The nation's kind of at peace. And uh, they are there, and uh, Joshua's getting old. He's now 110 years old, and, and so he knows he's on his way out. And so he calls the, the leaders and the people together, and, he's, and he talks to them, and he gives them some instructions. So these instructions are really important because it pertains to their spiritual life, but also because it's kind of like, you know, he's at the end of his life, and he's not going to waste his breath on frivolous stuff. He's going to talk about what matters. And so he's given them some instruction. And this is what he says. He says, now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if, it's, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, then choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers that they were served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell? And then he says this statement, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's a great statement, isn't it? Now that's a statement that you say, well, I know that Bible verse and here's how I know it because I bought that sign at Hobby Lobby. And, and you, you know, I, and, and I got 50% off. I got used to, yeah, right? So you, you, we see that in a lot of people's houses. If you come to my house, there's a sign on a shelf that says, ask for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. And we're, we say that and we're pretty quick to say it, but the fact of the matter is, sometimes I'm not so sure that we really know how to serve the Lord. How are we supposed to serve him? Because when I look at lives, not everybody's life, but when I look at people's lives in general, I see so many people that say I'm a Christ follower, but that's not what they say. They say I'm a Christian. And then when I look at their life, I'm like, okay, I'm a pastor and I've studied this stuff pretty extensively. And if I had to put money on it, you're probably not a Christian. But they, I'm a Christian, right? You see that all, all the time because people don't know, many people don't know how to serve the Lord. How, what are the basic things we need? And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today is basic stuff. What are the basic things we need to serve the Lord? Well, have you ever asked yourself that question? Have you ever wondered? Because this is a really important question for our lives because we need to get it right. This is one of those places where we need really good instruction so that we, we get it right. So I wanna take a close look at this. Now, to do it, I'm gonna do something a little different today. I've been in Joshua all this time, and I am gonna move from Joshua today. I'm gonna to move out of the book of Joshua to make the point about what Joshua is saying to the New Testament, to the book of Luke. 
Luke chapter 5, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, Luke chapter 5. But the reason I'm doing that is because in his farewell words, you know, Joshua says that you need to serve God. But he doesn't go into detail. He doesn't explain what that really means. He's assuming that hopefully through his teaching and leadership that people know that. But but I want us to understand it. So I picked a story from the Bible that I believe that will help us to see it. And it's in Luke chapter 5. And this is when Jesus is just beginning his ministry. And he's choosing his disciples. And there's this great story. and, and And it's a great story because it's in the Bible. And it's a great story because it... It talks exactly about what I want to talk about today, about service, but it's also a great story because it's about fishing, and any story about fishing is a good story in my book, okay? So it's a a story about fishing. But here you go. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, just starting off in his ministry, right? Well, great crowds, I mean, people are interested in what he's got to say, so great crowds are pressed in on him to listen to the Word of God. He noticed two empty boats. So Jesus sees these two empty boats on the water's edge. And for the fishermen had left them, and they were washing their nets. And uh, then it goes on and says in verse 3, stepping into one of the boats, uh, Jesus asked the owner of the boat, Simon Peter, he says, he asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there, which gave me a great idea. We live in a city of 100 lakes. I need to get a boat and you guys need to just follow me down to the lake and I'll just get out in the boat. I'll throw a line out one side and preach to you out the other. How's that? No, I'm, okay. You don't look like you're really excited about that, but anyway, but, but think about this for a moment. So here's Jesus and he sees these, these boats and he's preaching and the crowds are pressing in. Just get that in your mind. And so he's walking along and there's these boats and, and he just steps into one of the boat. And he looks at the owner, Simon Peter. He says, push this out a little bit. If you don't mind, just push this out. I want to I wanna teach, teach from here. Now, I believe that in that little, this little thing that just took place, that there's something incredible that happens. There's something that helps you and me see how we serve God. How do we have this relationship with God? How do we trust God? How do we put our allegiance in God? What is one of the things that we need to do? A big thing we need to do if we're going to follow God and serve him. Here's, Here's the first thing. We need to listen to him. We need to listen to him. Think about this. I mean, Peter was willing to push his boat out. He, he listened to Jesus. And, uh, you know, he's just thinking, you know, this great teacher. And, and so I want to hear what he's got to say. And I'm going to listen to him. You know, God places a high value on our listening to him. He gave us his word, the Bible, so that we could read the word and we could listen to him through his word. He gave us prayer so that we can talk to him and we can listen to him through prayer. He puts other people in our lives, people that are Christians that we can get involved with at church and and through our small groups and different things like that so we can interact with them and we can listen to them and he can communicate even through other people. And then he just, there's just things he does around us when we're in tune with him, circumstances that we can see that helps us to listen to God. It's really important to listen to God. If you're going to have a good relationship with God, if you're going to serve God, then you need to listen to God because you need to understand what he wants you to do, where he wants you to go, how he wants you to act. How are you supposed to respond to this, respond to that? You have to listen to him in order to serve him. You, you, can't, you can't 
do it without it. As a matter of fact, you, you can't even have a relationship with God unless you're listening to God, unless God speaks to you. He draws you to himself. So, so we need to listen to God. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in the word. We need to watch our circumstances. We need to be interacting with other believers and be involved in our church and all those things. And through all those vehicles, God uses, the, or uses all those things to speak to us so we can listen to him and we can serve him in the way that he's supposed to be served. But the story goes on. It says that when he had finished speaking, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Okay, now what I want you to do, Simon, is I'm in your boat. I want, you to, I want you to go out where it's deeper, and I want you to get your nets. Because remember, he was cleaning the nets when Jesus came up, so the nets are out of the boat. So now he says, I want you to go get those nets you've been cleaning. I want you to get them, put them back in the boat, get in the boat. Let's get the guys that need to be in the boat. Let's all go out here, because here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night. He says, I've worked all night long. I am tired and I just got through cleaning these nets. And we didn't catch a thing. But if you, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. Now listen, I know something about this, a little bit about this. And, and that is this, that usually when you fish with a net, you fish in shallower water. You can't throw a net in 25 feet of water and really hope to get much because fish will run from the net. But when, when, if, you're, if you know how to fish, a lot of times when I go fishing, I, I like to saltwater fish and I like to flats fish. So you're in, I go catch bait. So you throw a net to catch little fish that you can put on your hook to catch bigger fish, right? But when you throw your net, you throw your net and it's got weights all around it. So it goes down quick and it captures the fish that the net spreads out over. So you fish in the shallow water. And that's the way you do it. You throw it out in, the, out in the ocean and you got 400 feet of water, you go out there and throw a net, it's just gonna sink to the bottom, you're not gonna get anything. And so Jesus says, Here's what, he's not even a fisherman, right? These guys are fishermen. He goes, I want you to go out and throw your net in the deeper water. And, and not only that, but he's asking them, you've been, fish, you've been fishing all night long, you're tired, you just got through cleaning a net. Have any of you ever cleaned a fishing net before? There are 8 million little compartments where all the lines are tied together. There's grass and weeds. It takes forever to clean them. They didn't have water hoses then. And so you're cleaning this net. So these guys are fishing all night long, been cleaning up the boats, cleaning up the nets, oh, just worn out, probably want to go home and take a nap. And Jesus steps into the boat, does some teaching, and says, now get your nets, put them back, and we're going to go out there in the deep water, and we're going to throw the nets. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's contrary to what the fishermen know to do. But here's the thing I want you to see. And because this is required for serving God. He was obedient. We serve God by obeying him. It's not enough to just listen to what God says. You have to obey what God says. That's the way we show him that we trust him. The way we show him that we love him and we care about him. We, we listen to his word, but we comply with him. A matter of fact, James, the, the half-brother of Jesus, spoke about this in the book of James. He said, for if you listen to the word and you don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away and forget what you look like. You look in a mirror, you got a big old piece of broccoli in your teeth and you smile real big and you just walk away and don't do anything about it. You look like an idiot. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, you look into God's word that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. You see, one of the ways we serve God is by listening to what God has to say, but then we obey what God has to say. 
We do what God tells us to do. Our obedience pleases God and God blesses us because of it. So how do we serve God? Well, we listen to him and then we follow his instructions. What is he telling you through the word? What is he telling you through your prayer life? What is he telling you through those other people you're involved with, through the church, through your small group? What is he telling you through the circumstances of your life? Listen carefully. And that's how we serve him and show him that we trust him and love him and we follow him. And we listen carefully and then we do what he tells us to do. Then listen to what happens in Luke 5, uh, five 6 through 8. And this time, okay, this time they've been fishing all night long. They had not caught anything. And it says, and this time their nets were so full of fish, they begin to tear. Just a moment of personal dreaming on my part. I want that to happen to me. At that time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. They shouted. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish. They were sinking. They were so full of fish. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus, and he said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. Now, why in the world would he say that? I'll tell you why. He says, I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. Which brings me to another way that we serve God. We serve God through repentance. And and that may sound weird, but repentance is a fancy word for acknowledging the sin and the wrong in your life and asking God to forgive you of it. Okay, that's basically it in a nutshell. And then changing that part of our life. We change and go in a different direction. Peter knew who Jesus was, but he just saw something incredible happen. He saw, he saw Christ do something that made him realize that he, that he is you know, God and that he is incredible and that he even has control over the elements and over the fish that are in the sea. And, and he can do this great thing. And all of a sudden, in that moment, he realizes something that you and I need to realize in our lives. That God is really big and we're really small. At that moment in time, he realized I don't even, I'm not even worthy to be in the presence of this guy. This is incredible. And he's coming to this moment where he realizes his shortcomings. He has this moment of repentance, of this moment of, I am not worthy to be in the presence of this God. And if you and I are going to serve God, first of all, in the beginning of our relationship with God, we have to come to that realization that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And we have to ask God to forgive us of our sins and turn and go in a different direction. But even after we have a relationship with God, there is an ongoing and a continual repentance that takes place. You know, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if you were here. I hope that you were. And matter of fact, out at the information desk, we still have some of these cards if you're interested in them. But Pastor John talked and and preached, and and he talked about a method of praying. And he he used the, the Acts method of praying. And since he did that that day, I started using that method. I already knew about the method, but I, I never really had thought about it. He preached it and talked about it. And I was, I was, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to mix up my prayer life a little bit. I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this way to pray. And it's, it's, and it's an acrostic. It's the word acts. And, and you adore and you express adoration to God and praise to God. And then you confess your sins to God. Then you thank God, and then you supplication, you ask God for the things you need to ask for. 
And you go through this model. And, and one of the things that was interesting as I was looking at the sermon, you know, Peter has this moment where he recognized that he, he is so small and God is so big. And every time I, I was literally, have thought about this numerous times when I'm praying through the Acts model of prayer, it makes me realize the same thing. And this is how it does it. I begin my prayer by adoration and praise. I begin by thanking God for who he is and what he is and what he's done. And, and sometimes I'll read the names of God from the Bible to get a list and just read the names of God and thank him for he's, that he's a forgiver and a sustainer and a healer and a provider. And I just thank him for all those things. I thank him because he's totally holy and righteous and perfect. I thank him because he knows everything. He has all power. He has all knowledge and that he, he exists everywhere in his entirety at one time. I thank him for, for all of those things. And I, so I'm, I'm adoring him and praising him. But it's interesting because that model of prayer jumps from that place where you're doing that and recognizing his greatness and his splendor. And the very next thing you do is you start confessing your sins. And I was doing that one morning in my prayers. And it was like this moment where I just stopped. And I was like, oh God, I am so rotten. And I am so small. And I am so unworthy. I just got through proclaiming what you are, and now I'm looking at how messed up I am. There is this giant gulf between me and you. But then the next part's thanksgiving. So thank you for sending Jesus to bridge that gulf. Man, oh man. And then you go into supplication. But that's one of those moments like Peter had. At that moment in time, he's like watching this incredible thing happen, recognizing who he's with and what's going on. And then he's like, I just need to leave. I don't even need to be in this guy's presence. I'm so messed up. We need to do that in our lives. We need to recognize and we need to repent in our lives. You can't serve God if you don't recognize how big he is and how small you are. And trust him. And because he's so big and because he's so powerful and because he knows everything, because he's got all the answers, because he's got, he know, knew you in your mother's womb before you were even born. He knows how many hairs are on your head. Because he knows that stuff, because he knows the number of your days, because he knows how your life's gonna work out ever before your life is played out, because he knows all of that stuff, we should go to him and trust him and follow his plan. And the reason we get so messed up in life is because we follow our plan and not that plan. And that's what we need to do. And so we, we worship God and we, here's the deal. We, we, we serve him by listening to him and by obeying, obeying him and then repenting to him. It's an act of service. And then he goes on and it goes on and it says that when this all happened, can you imagine, wouldn't you have liked to have been there? This is one of those stories where I just like to have been, I just, man, I wish I could have been there. And he says in verse 9 through 11, it says, Peter's like, he was awestruck. He just said, I don't even, don't even need to be in your presence. He says, he's awestruck by the number of fish they had caught. And so was everybody else with him. First of all, they caught him in the wrong place at the wrong time. And they caught more than they'd ever caught before. The boats are sinking. The nets are breaking. They're awestruck. James and John and the sons of Zebedee, they were amazed. Everybody's amazed. Experienced fishermen are going, what is this dude doing? Who is this guy? What in the world? And Jesus replies to Simon. He says, don't be afraid. When he says, I, I need to leave, I, I don't even need to be in your presence. He says, don't be afraid. 
from now on, you're going to be fishing for people. He, this is when he's calling his disciples. So he's saying, you know what, I just showed you what I can do, and now I'm going to, you're going to be fishing for people. You're going to be throwing a new kind of net now. It's an incredible story, and it says as soon as they landed, they left everything, and they followed Jesus. These guys would never be the same, and, and here's what I want you to see from this last little encounter, and it's this. They grew in their faith, and that's another way we serve God, by growing in our faith. You see, if we listen to God, and, and like, like we just talked about, if we'll listen to him, and, and if we will obey him, and if we will repent, and if we will stay in touch with him and recognize how big he is and how small we are, if we will do that, we will grow in our faith. And that's what God wants from you and me. He wants us to have a relationship with him and to grow in that relationship. And, and so then we serve him through growing through that relationship. God is served when we're loving him more and more each and every day, when we're trusting him more each and every day, when we're following him more closely each and every day, when we're becoming more like his son each and every day. You know, and so if you've ever wondered, if you've got the sign in your house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, let me ask you this question. Is it just a sign Are you really serving the Lord? Did you know what it meant to serve the Lord? Do you know what it means? You do now. It means that you listen to him because you know that whatever he's got to say to you is more important than anything anyone else, even yourself, can say to yourself. What he's got to say is important. And you know that you need to just listen, not just listen, but you need to do what he says. And you see that. You know now that you need to recognize how big God is and how small you are and how much you need him and you need to put your faith and your trust in him and cry out to him and ask him to forgive you when you mess things up. And you need to grow in your faith. So now let's go back to those verses again. And Joshua says, therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Listen to him. Obey, repent, grow. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you're going to serve, whether, whether the gods of your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, we, we may not, you say, well, I don't, that's Old Testament stuff. And I don't, the Amorites, they don't bother me much anymore. And, um, you know, those kind of things. And I, and I don't have any gods on the other side of the river. Or, but yeah, but some of you serve your hobby. Some of you serve your family. Some of you serve your job. You serve, there are all kind of gods that we can put before our God. And and so we need to understand because that's what he's saying. He's basically saying to them, don't let anything come before you. Be sincere in your faithfulness to your God. If you're going to say, I'm a Christian, you're going to call yourself a Christian. You're going to say, I'm a Christ follower. Basically, what he's saying is, okay, live like one. Do what you're supposed to do. And then he, this is interesting, and and this, this is the way I'm going to close. He says, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve him, choose today 
who you're going to serve. You know, that choosing today whom you're going to serve part is something that, that, that we do every, every week. I do this at the end of the service. I stand right up here at the end of every service, and I tell you that God loves you, that he has a plan for your life, that he, he desires a relationship with you, and that he sent his son to die on a cross so that you could be forgiven of your sins, and that he, he puts you on this planet to bring him glory, and that your life needs to align with his purposes for your life. You need to serve him. But I can't make you serve him. You've got to choose this day whom you will serve. Is it going to be some other God in your life? Is it going to be some other friend that you're listening to? Is it going to be some job that you have, some goal that you have, some ambition that you have? Is that what you're going to serve? Or are you going to serve God? Choose this day whom you're going to serve. And my prayer is that when you walk out of here today, you can say, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. If you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus and you say, well, I, I really never bought into this, but maybe God has spoken to you today and maybe you're listening. And if you're listening, he's tapping you on the shoulders, going, whispering in your ear, going, hey, you need a relationship with me. Then respond, obey. Put your faith and trust in me. Repent. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and turn and go in a different direction and then begin to grow in your faith. That's the way it works. Now, I know you may be here today and you say, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't, I don't know where to start. Well, I'm going to tell you how you start. You pray. You, you sincerely, from the bottom of your heart, and genuinely pray and ask God to forgive you of your sins and to make you part of his family. And I know that maybe you don't know how to do that. So I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to lead you in that prayer. Now, I want you to understand something. And I always say this because I, it's so important because I know people believe all kind of crazy stuff. But I'm just going to tell you something. I'm a pastor. I'm standing up on the stage. But my prayer is no more powerful than your prayer. And I don't have some special ability or power to pray you into heaven or whatever. All I can do is lead you. It's got to come from your heart, okay? Close your eyes with me right now and just pray. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner. And God, I desire a relationship with you today, God. I want to be able to say, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. So today I choose you. I'm putting my faith and trust in you. I'm responding to you. I've been listening. I can hear you calling me, and I'm responding. And so I'm putting my faith and trust in you right now in the best way I know how. So please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my unrighteousness. And save me. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you made that decision today, we're going to sing another song in a few moments. We're going to stand up. I would encourage you when we stand up to slide out and go towards the exit doors. There are people there with lanyards on that say prayer team. They've got t-shirts on. They will pray with you, talk to you about your new decision, help you understand where you go from here, give you some information. Maybe you're here today and, and, and you're, you're a believer. But, but really, if the truth is known, you've not, you, you've been really sort of worshiping other gods. You've got all these things that are before God. He's not your priority. You're not listening. You're not obeying. You need to recommit your life to Christ. Maybe you need to make your way to one of these crosses and just write a prayer request and put it up on the cross. And we'll read those in our staff meeting and pray for you. I don't know what you need to do. But I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to tell you something I hope. I'm going to tell you that at the Kendrick household, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I pray that when, if I come to your house or I'm having a conversation with you, you can look me in the eye and say, as for me and my house, 
we serve the Lord. Stand with us.